0: I want to preach to you a message about the rain today. You know, it's a rainy season in Oklahoma right now. It's rainy in America right now. It's springtime, and the spring always brings the rain. April showers bring? Yeah. The rain is something that God talks about often in the Bible, and he talks about it from the standpoint of, one, as a blessing in our life, the favor and the grace in our life, but also he talks about rain as sometimes the difficult times in our life. And I love what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 45. If you have your Bibles, you could turn there. Yeah, come on, we get loud about the word of God. And so Jesus says, God gives sunlight to both the evil and the good. In other words, God gives sunlight. There's there's good things that happen even to bad people. Good things happen to good people and bad people. He gives sunlight to the evil and the good, and he also sends rain on the just and the unjust. In other words, there's going to be tough times, not just for people who are doing things that are wrong, but even for people who are doing everything right. I don't know about you, but there's times in my life where I've questioned, why is this happening to me? What have I done to deserve this adversity, this trouble, this trial? Uh, Why is the rain falling on me and that person's getting the sunlight? I think there was a guy in the Bible who had this same feeling at one point in his life. It was in Luke chapter 7, verse 20. And it was John the Baptist, he was was used to Jesus. He had baptized Jesus. In fact, he was there when the dove ascended on Christ, the Holy Spirit ascending like a dove on Christ, saying and hearing the voice, this is my son whom I love and him I'm well pleased. Like John the Baptist knew who Jesus was and he saw Jesus coming out of the river. He saw Jesus go and start his ministry. But John the Baptist was in a different season after this. He went to prison. After all the ministry and the miracles, John was in a dark place and the rain was falling on his life. And it says in Luke seven, verse 20 that John the Baptist sent these men to go and ask Jesus, are you the Messiah or should I be looking for someone else? Are you the Messiah or should I be waiting on someone else? What John was really asking was, I think I know that you're the Messiah, but why am I in the rain right now? Why am I in prison right now? I, I know I baptized you in the Jordan River. Are you the Messiah or should I be waiting on someone else to get me out of this mess? Sometimes we can see Jesus in, in, the, in the sunshine, in the perfect days, in those easy moments. We, we feel like, man, God's with me. He's blessing my business. He's blessing me as a person. Everything's going right. And then other times when things are not going right. In fact, I had someone last week as I was praying and um, ministering to people at the altar for people to get healed. And by the way, last weekend we had a miracle service weekend. We had so many people experience healing miracles in their body and in their mind. One guy, his ear got healed. He was deaf in one ear and he got healed, which is amazing. It's amazing, right? But one person asked me, they said, how come they got healed and I didn't? What do you say to the people who... Their prayers don't get answered. You know, and I think about how in my life I prayed for my father to get healed of lymphoma cancer. And he went on to be with the Lord. And oftentimes in our lives we're faced with these questions. When there's a period, what are we going to do? How are we going to move forward when things happen in life that don't make sense? I remember going on a hiking trip with my in-laws, my in-loves, the McAuliffe's. And we went hiking. This was right after we had our first son, Liam. And so we're hiking down this um, trail in Colorado. We all met up together there. And I had Liam on my backpack. He was like seven months old and so he just fit right there in a small little pack. I'm holding him. It was about 70 degrees. It was warm, it was sunny, it was a perfect day. And we start going down the trail and all of a sudden it starts dropping 65 degrees, 60 degrees, 55 degrees. I mean, it was dropping fast within the hour. And then all of a sudden, a little sprinkle started to fall. And it felt good at first, because I was sweating. I was like, oh, this is nice. And then it started pouring. And then it dropped to 40 degrees. And it felt like freezing rain was falling on me. It dropped down into the 30s. And Liam's on the back of me, and he's crying. He's whimpering like a little baby. And I put a little flap over his head. And I was thinking to myself, why are we doing this? Why are we hiking right now in the freezing rain and I'm pretty sure Liam will never remember it but maybe someday in his 20s he'll be sitting with a counselor and a repressed memory will come up (laughs) and and he will be like this one time my dad took me in the freezing rain what was he thinking I feel like my life was impacted by that moment what was he thinking but one thing he'll always know is that he was being carried by his father can I tell you some of us were going through rainy seasons that don't make sense Unanswered prayers. You don't get the scholarship. You end up graduating from college and you didn't find the one that you were looking for. The relationship didn't work out. You got a divorce. Your father didn't get healed. And I'm not trying to discourage you. I'm just saying what Jesus said, that rain falls on the just and the unjust. Like Jesus never promised us an easy life, a rain-free life, a storm-free life, but he promised to be our shelter in the middle of the storm. He promised that he would carry us Some of y'all are like, don't you open that umbrella in the building, the superstitious people in the room. I'm going to open it. Come on, if I can get it open. There we go. Y'all are like, oh, snap, I'm getting out of here right now. (laughs) Jesus never promised us that we would never experience rain. He promised that he would be our shelter in the storm. Like how many times did the disciples end up in a storm, whether it was on the boat in the Galilee Whatever they were walking through, there were times that didn't make sense, things that suddenly the weather changed. But Jesus was right there with them. He's with you right now. You might be going through a stormy season, a rainy season. Things are adverse in your life. There's trouble, there's stress, there's difficulty. Rather than running away from it, run to the shelter in the middle of the storm. Jesus is with you. I remember when I was in 10th grade and I was dating this girl and everything seemed perfect. I had been saving up money, mowing lawns. I turned 16, got my driver's um, license. I was so excited to take my savings account and buy this 1994 Ford Explorer with lightning stripes on the side. 100,000 miles ready to rumble. And so I, was, I got in that Ford Explorer. It had stains on the seats, and man, I just felt awesome. I was like, man, I am a stud in this Ford Explorer. You know, <laughs> I, I was not doing good at sports, but I had a Ford Explorer. I felt awesome in school, and so I, you know, was driving that Ford Explorer, and I had gotten some Christmas presents. I remember it was January 3rd. I went to go spend the night at my buddy's house, and there was a football bowl game on, and so we were all staying over there. There was like three or four of us there, and there was a party happening in our class at someone else's house, but none of us were invited. So we were having our own like cool party at this guy's house. When you're the pastor's kid, you don't get invited to any parties, I feel like. I pray my boys get invited to some parties. But um, like good parties, you know. <laughs> but people were people people didn't invite me. So I'm hanging out and I'm at my friend's house the next morning. I wake up, I go outside, and my car door is open, and I'm thinking, what happened? I I didn't leave that open. And I go up, and I had left my wallet, my Cricket cell phone, all my Christmas presents, all my CDs. How many of y'all remember CDs? Come on. I had like 150 CDs that I had been collecting. I had, um, I had just bought a Pioneer sound system that I had inserted. It was 200 bucks that I had paid for, put it in there, and everything was stolen. Someone stole everything. Even my Bible was stolen. Who steals Bibles? They stole all of it. And I was so devastated. I was crushed because I had placed my joy. You see, rain reveals where your joy is at, rain reveals what your foundation is, rain reveals where you've placed your identity, your happiness, your peace. You may not think that you lean upon a relationship until that relationship is gone. You may not think that your joy is attached to a person until that person is gone. You see, when you walk through loss, when you walk through pain, when you go through rain, something is happening inside you. You're having a decision to make. You either get bitter or you get better. You find where your true joy is. You find your true foundation. And I was standing there, and I was was angry. I was upset. I was thinking, who did this? And and then um, I went to go work out at the weight room. I was on the football team. went to go work out at the weight room. And AJ meets me at the weight room outside. He goes, bro, I got some bad news for you. I said, it can't be worse than what I just experienced. My car was broken into. All my stuff was stolen. You know, when it rains, it pours sometimes. <laughs> and so he goes, well, he goes, your girlfriend dumped you last night. What? She didn't tell me. He goes, yeah, she dumped you last night. Who dumped somebody and doesn't even tell them that they've been dumped? <laughs> she dumped you, and she's going out with a new guy. She kissed the new guy last night. And, uh, and I was so overwhelmed with sorrow. I fell to my knees, I kid you not, in the weight room. And I said, naked I came into this earth, and naked I shall leave this earth. Blessed the name of the Lord, you know. I felt like Job. Have you ever felt like Job before anyone who's read your Bible? You ever feel like just so much rain has fallen on you, difficulties? And yet God says, yeah, rain's going to come. You say, don't rain on my parade. That's exactly what's going to happen in your lifetime. I can't promise you. I'd be a bad pastor to tell you that life is always going to be easy. No toil, no struggle, no problems, no difficulties. People ask me sometimes, Paul, will you pray for me to just have an easy life? Will you pray that I get a better job without difficult people to work around? I'm always around difficult people. But what if you're the difficult person? (laughs) I just wish God would move the mountains for me. What if you are the mountain that he's trying to move? What if the mountain is inside of you? What if it's your attitude as a dad, as a single guy, as a single girl? There's no quality dudes in this church that want to ask me out. Maybe God's trying to do something in your heart right now, single ladies. Maybe God's trying to do something in your heart, men. I just wish God would fix my problems and move my mountains and stop this rain. And I wish things would get easier and better and everything would be perfect. But you wouldn't grow. The only way to grow is with rain. Rain equals growth. Growth equals pain. No pain, no gain. No rain, no grain. Come on, somebody. The rain brings the harvest. We support missionaries all over the world, and we have some that are in India. And they said, Paul, we pray for rain. Because um, when the rain comes, not only does our animals survive because they, they go through droughts in certain parts of India. They said it's so bad that our plants will die, our trees will die, our animals will die, people will die. Because without rain, we don't have water to drink. The largest percentage of drinking water comes from rain. It's not from springs. It's from rain. The rain comes into the streams and the rivers. It's what we used to drink. Water equals life. Rain equals life. They said we pray for rain. And they said not only does it give us life, but it also washes away. We don't have any sewage system in our town, so all of our junk piles up. Everybody's junk. You know what I'm talking about? I don't have to spell it out for you. You know what I'm talking about. So they said when the rain comes, it washes away the junk. God uses rain to wash things away in your life, to purify you, to cleanse you. I didn't know it, but that day as all these things were happening, God was doing something. God doesn't cause bad things to happen, but he sure knows how to use bad things for his glory and for your growth and for your good. This is why James says in James chapter 1, verse 2, consider it pure joy. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. I like the New Living Translation version for this. It says, when you fall fall into troubles of any kind, everybody say any kind of trouble. No matter what your trouble is, God's going to use it for your good and for your growth, for your growth. Uh, A couple months ago, I called a pastor in my life, Pastor Larry Stockstill. He's a mentor to me and a pastor to me. And I said, Pastor Larry, I need some encouragement. He said, what's going on, Paul? Is everything okay at the church? I said, yeah, the church is doing good. I said, but if I'm really honest, I'm exhausted at home as a dad right now. I said, my boys, I mean, they're just, they're making a mess all over the place. They take their Ritz crackers and they just, they just make crumbs all over our bed and our carpets. And the second that our house gets cleaned, they just pour, they pull out all their toys and they spill drinks all the time. And he's laughing on the other side of the phone. And I said, I used to have a clean car before I had kids, but now my car is never clean. They just take their, they love, they love when it rains. They go out in the rain, they find the puddles of mud and they just stomp in the mud. And then they get in my car and they rub their feet all over this. And then they take their hand, they lick it and they rub it on the window and they start drawing circles and crosses. Daddy, look, I'm an artist. And I'm like, Jesus, help me right now. So I'm telling Pastor Larry, I'm exhausted they come in our room at 5 a.m., wet their beds. I am exhausted. It's raining right now. And he goes, these are the good old days. I said, you're not hearing me, Pastor Larry. These are frustrating days. Is it ever going to get easier? Is it ever going to get easier? Because I am tired. Like... And he goes, Paul, preaching is easy. Altar calls are easy. Raising kids, that's the real test right there. Raising children to be like Christ. He said, most people walk out of that kind of trouble. Most people walk away from those kind of trials. You see, James said trouble of any kind. Everybody say trouble of any kind. He didn't say just the trouble of preaching about Jesus and getting thrown in prison. I'm glad that James opened up the categories. He said, if you find yourself walking through difficulty of any kind of trouble, just because my trouble is different than your trouble doesn't mean it's less trouble. James says this is an opportunity to rejoice. Sing in the rain. Dance in the rain. Make the most of the rain. He says this in verse three, because if you will embrace what happens, if you will embrace this adversity, this test, it's going to give your endurance a chance to grow. We're missing this right now in the church. So many people are quitting things that are difficult. People are begging, oh, I just want good vibes, positive vibes only, only the easy breezy life. And yet every time we run from adversity, we're forfeiting our growth we're forfeiting our spiritual growth. Pastor Larry said to me, he said, Paul, embrace this season. He said, just wait till they're teenagers. The rain only gets stronger. (laughs) He said, but there's something about it. He said, raising kids and, and all the things that are tough, having tough conversations, walking through the loss of your father, all those things that are difficult, all the things that you don't want to happen in your life. He said, that's what's making you grow more like Christ. I've looked back on my life and I have grown more when our church was walking through the hardest times, when my family was experiencing the most pain, when I was graduating college and I didn't have a job, when I was wondering if I would ever find my wife. Before all of the things that have happened today that are good happened, there was times where God was teaching me to trust in him in the middle of the rain, to lean on him in the middle of the storms. I love what Jesus says in Matthew chapter seven. He says, um, there is a wise man who builds his house on the rock. This man, he listens to the word of God and he applies it in his life. And when the storms come, when the rain falls, everybody say, "When when the rain falls. Jesus doesn't say, if the rain falls, he says, when the rain falls. In other words, it's going to come. Things are going to get tough on good people and bad people, righteous people and unrighteous. Like, just because you're going through the rain right now doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. It could be because you're doing something right. It could be because you're following Christ and he says when the rain comes and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, that house will not collapse because it is built on the rock. I remember that night after all those bad things that happened in 10th grade in that night, I got a phone call from a teacher at our school. She said, would you lead worship for our chapel tomorrow? I said, I'm not in a good place to lead worship I've lost everything. My girlfriend dumped me. It's a country song. I lost my money, lost my girlfriend, lost my dog. Literally, my dog died that year, Daisy. I mean, all the bad things that could happen were happening. And she said, that's a perfect time to lead worship. I said, what? And then I got to thinking the ex-girlfriend's going to be in chapel. I'm going to pick songs that make her feel super guilty for what she did to me. (laughs) But I did lead worship, and God was working in my heart. God works in you when you're going through the rain. Like, look at what Jesus said in Matthew 5, verse 45. He says, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Blessed is the man who builds his house on the rock. But the man who builds his house on the sand, it will fall when he refuses to build his house on the rock. When the rains come, his house will collapse. You find out what you're made of when you walk through the rain. You find out what you're made of when you're tested, when life is not easy. When you're working for people that are difficult. And you just want to quit your job. You want to quit your marriage. You want to walk away from the thing that's tough. God says, no, "No, no, I'm growing you right now. I'm growing your endurance. I'm growing your perseverance. I'm growing you spiritually right now." This is why James goes on to say in James 1 verse 3, he says, "Yes, let your endurance grow, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience." Patience. Enduring the rain. And then he says, "Let patience have its perfect Work in verse four, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. You know what the rain does? It it helps us to grow. It helps us to develop spiritually. It helps us to develop in our character. It helps us to develop in our perseverance. The tests and the trials, they show us how to trust in God. I remember when my father passed and I was going through depression and discouragement. And I was questioning, why did this happen to us? Like John the Baptist, you know. Are you the Messiah or should I be waiting for someone else? Because this didn't work out. This prayer I prayed wasn't answered. And I could be the pastor that only preaches about the easy times and the perfect times and the favor and the blessings of God. But I would be robbing you of the truth. The gospel says that he's with you in the storm. That he cares about you. That he loves you. Even when things don't work out your way. Even when life is tough. And I remember going through that time and thousands of people had left our church. And I was walking into church, and I was tired, and I was hurting, and I was discouraged. And God was doing his greatest work, and I didn't even see it. I didn't even realize it until I got out of it, and I looked back. And I could see now that God was carrying me on his back, just like I was carrying Liam on my back through the rain, that God had me through that whole season, that God was developing something deep inside me that I would need later on in life. God's doing something deep in you right now. Don't forfeit the process. Don't run from it. Drink in the rain. Hebrews chapter six, verse seven says, the land that drinks in the rain, that often comes upon it and bears herbs useful for those by whom it is cultivated, receives a blessing from God. Everybody say, drink in the rain. This is what Hebrews says, drink in the rain. The land, he's not talking about land, he's talking about people. He's talking about you. The the man who chooses to drink in the rain, the man, the woman who chooses to make the most, even in the difficult times, the opportunities to get bitter. Instead, you get better. You produce a harvest. It says that that person will receive a blessing from God. But look at verse eight. It says the land that bears thorns and briars and thistles is rejected and is near to being cursed, whose end is to be burned. In other words, there's two ways to handle the rain. You either get bitter or you get better. You either come out of that storm defeated, discouraged, angry, mad, or you come out of that storm stronger than you were before it. You come out of that rain with more patience, more endurance, more love for the people that hate you. Jesus is saying, learn to drink in the rain. I remember one of my friends when I was in college, everything was going well in his life, and one phone call changed everything. It was like the the climate shifted like it does in Oklahoma. You know, one morning it's 80 degrees, and later that night it's 30 degrees with tornado weather going on. It's the wacky weather. He got a phone call, and his, his mom called him in tears. She said, I just found out your dad's been cheating on me with multiple women, and he wants a divorce. And um, everything that we built together, they had built a business together, she said, it's, it's, it's over. It was like his world came crashing down because his dad was his hero. And he had he had a few other brothers and all of them looked up to their dad and he's trying to figure out what to do. His mom's on the phone. She's weeping. And I remember sitting with him during those weeks after they got a divorce and he was trying to figure out, what do I do? How do I love my father through this? How do I stay there for my family? You see, life is perfect until it's not like life is sunshiny until the rain shows up. And that's when it's like, well, where is your foundation? If your foundation is on answered prayers and sunny days, it's going to be shaken. But if your foundation is in the solid rock that Jesus is with me, no matter what. If I go into the fire, he's with me. If I go into the storm, he's with me. I don't know what life brings, but I know who's holding me through the storm. He's got me. My foundation is not on perfect days or answered prayers or everything going my way. My foundation is on a solid rock. Rock. I remember hearing the story from my grandmother, grand grand. She shared about how she had raised Billy Joe and Charles and Jack, and all three of her sons. They had grown up, graduated high school, got married. Jack was having his first kid, Brian. My my grandma and her husband, Jack Senior. They were living together in Magnolia, and all their boys had grown up. They had moved to different places, doing different things, and her husband was on a hunting trip and. A freak accident happened. Her husband was killed while he was hunting out in the woods. And she was devastated by the rain. Why didn't it happen to someone else? Why did it happen to my husband and not her husband? Why did it happen here? Why did it happen now? And she had a decision to make. All of her sons came home for their dad's funeral. My dad was 24 and his father died when he was 57. And and my dad came home and saw Granger sitting on the the front porch in a rocking chair. And he could just tell she was discouraged. She was overwhelmed with grief. And he said, Mom, I can't explain why it happened. And I'm not trying to brush it off and say, let's just move forward and get over it. All is going to be well. But I'll tell you this. You can either get bitter or you can get better. You can either get bitter, Mom, or you can get better. You could sit on this rocking chair the rest of your life angry at God. Angry at life, upset, or you can use your pain for a purpose. And my grand grand decided to turn her pain into a purpose. She decided that she was gonna go and start ministering to other people who would walk through loss, walk through pain. She started working for Victory 33 years ago. She has impacted thousands of people because she refused to get bitter and instead she got better. She sits with people. She counsels people. She ministers out of her own pain. Can I tell you today, your reign has a purpose. It has a reason. God wants to use what you've walked through as a testimony. When I look at the mud tracks in my truck, all over my seats and my windows, it's proof that I'm being a good daddy, that I love my kids, that I'm going to have a testimony one day to say, this mess was my ministry. Those boys, they were my ministry. I was discipling them. Yeah, they were making things messy and muddy, and the rain wasn't easy, and it was exhausting, and there was Ritz crackers all over my bed and in our couch, and there were times that were not easy, and I wanted to walk, but I stayed, and my ministry was in the the middle of the rain. See, God's going to use what you're walking through right now that's tiring and exhausting as part of your testimony. Your pain has a purpose. Your mess is a ministry. The Bible says he orders our steps. The, the steps of a righteous man are ordered. If we believe that, mean, that means we believe that he's ordering my steps even in the middle of the rain. That he's directing my steps. He's directing me through this. Some scientists, they did a research study on bumblebees. They took bumblebees to outer space. <laughs> and they, um, they let them loose once they got into outer space just to see how they would handle the gravity change. And the bumblebees just floated with ease. They were just sitting in outer space, smiling, not, not flapping their wings, no toil, no struggle, no problem, no adversity, no resistance, no tension, just enjoying the easy, breezy life. For three days, everything was normal, but on the fourth day, every single bumblebee died. And the researchers discovered the reason that the bumblebees died is because they were never created to live without resistance. The resistance was actually the fuel that kept them alive. When they stopped working and toiling and flapping against the resistance, they were slowly dying. See, God's going to use the pain and the tension not only to keep you alive, but to keep the purpose alive inside you. Paul said this in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 8. Three times I begged God to get rid of this thorn in my flesh. Three times I begged God to get rid of the trial, the storm, the test, the difficulty. Three times I prayed. But watch what he says. And God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will gladly boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me." You see, there's power in the middle of the rain. A few months ago, I um, started realizing Ashley was acting different. She was more intense. The emotions were more intense. Something was changing. I couldn't figure it out. I was getting blamed for everything. <laughs> It was comical. I was like, what is happening to my wife? Where is she? Who took her? Who are you? And then we found out she was pregnant with a girl, and it all made sense. (laughs) I asked her if I could tell this. She said, it's the truth. This pregnancy has been more emotional and more intense, but she's beautiful. She's amazing. Sometimes life can cause emotional roller coasters, and what's happening is God's birthing something new inside of you. God's birthing something new and she was pregnant and she didn't even know it. Some of you are pregnant with a dream and that's why things are getting difficult. That's why you're emotional. That's why you're crying more. That's why things are uncomfortable. That's why you're feeling resistance. I was teaching my son how to use his slingshot the other day and, and he said, how does it go further? I said, the more tension, the more farther it will go. The more resistance, the more farther. You see, God is pulling you back. The more tension. Embrace the tension. The tension is good. The resistance is good. The adversity is. The the only way that a bow and arrow works is if the tension is pulled back strong enough. God's getting ready to launch you further. God's getting ready to take you further than you've ever been. But you got to embrace the rain. You've got to embrace the rain. Jesus had a choice to embrace the rain or not. It was in Matthew 26, verse 36, and he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, which actually means the place of crushing, the place of pressing. It's where they press the olives. It's where they would make all the different things from the Mount of Olives. And Jesus was there in the place of crushing, the place of pressing the night before he would be betrayed, the night that he would be betrayed. And it says that he went and he knelt down and he was sweating. You think Jesus doesn't understand your pain? You think church is only for perfect people, people with no mess, no mud, no pain, no rain. You're wrong. Jesus knows exactly what you're walking through. The loneliness as a single, the frustration as a parent, the frustration in life when you're waiting for a promotion or you're working with people that are difficult. I remember the night that my father passed, Dodie Osteen came into the hospital room, the mother of Joel Osteen, and Dodie came in there, and she said, how are you doing? I said, not good. And she said, how, how's everyone doing? I said, we're, we're not doing good. And she said, um, I just came to encourage you. You guys have the victory. She said, isn't your church called victory? I said, yeah. She said, no matter what happens. I said, don't say that. We're believing he's going to be healed. She said, yeah, but no matter what happens, you guys have the victory. I think sometimes we are hoping that everything's going to happen the way we want it. And so when it doesn't, we throw a question mark up where God has a period. She said, no matter what, you have the victory. She said, um, I don't know if you got to hear me preach, because she came and preached for us like the month prior to that. She said, but Paul, I was diagnosed with cancer. And when it happened, I didn't understand why. Why am I going through this? I've been a good person. Me and my husband, John, we built the church. We've raised our kids right. I haven't sinned. I've tithed. I've showed up to church. I've got my kids into church. I've been a good woman. Why is this happening to me? But she said, I had to make a decision to move from why is this happening to me to what does God want to do in me? How does God want to use this pain For his glory. How does God want to use this? See, Romans 8 verse 28 says, And we know that God works all things together for good. For those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So she said, I went through the chemo treatment. And more chemo treatment. And more chemo treatment. She said, now I've been cancer free for almost 15 years. She said, but God spoke to me to get my eyes off myself. To get my eyes off my problems. And to start looking to help other people. I think the greatest thing we can do when we're walking through pain, when we're walking through rain, no pain, no gain, no rain, no grain. When we're walking through it is to move in compassion towards those that are around us that are also experiencing pain. That we would be there for them. She said, I started visiting cancer patients. I started sitting with families like you guys. And I started coming in and praying for people and encouraging And it was from that that God was doing a healing work in my heart, that God was giving me joy, considerate, pure joy, brothers and sisters. When you face troubles of any kind, for in that trouble, in that difficulty, you have a chance to grow. So let it grow. Let your patience grow, your perseverance grow. Peter says these fiery trials, these tests that we walk through, they help us to grow. They help our character to grow our spiritual maturity to grow. So, Jesus, he says in this Garden of Gethsemane, he says, if this cup of suffering could pass from me. Nevertheless, father, not my will, but Thy will be done. And he went and found his disciples and they were sleeping. And he said, wake up, pray, 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 pray. And then he goes back and he says, God, I. I ask you one more time, I'm pleading with you if this cup of suffering could pass from me. And I love what he says in this, he says, unless I drink it, I drink it, I will drink it. The land that drinks the rain produces a harvest unless a seed dies. God's wanting to do something in you right now. Life preaches to me every day. Does life preach to you sometimes? And if you're not listening, it'll preach louder the next time. It'll keep preaching until you finally go down to the altar call and accept the change. It's like this guy who had been married five times and he was on his sixth wife and he came to the pastor and he said, hey, will you pray that this next one works out? The last five haven't worked out. They're not that solid. The pastor said, there's a common denominator here. You need to change if this next one's gonna work. Or the guy who had... Uh, gotten in a car accident. He got out of his car and he came up to the lady, He said, lady, you need to learn how to drive. You're the fourth person I've hit today. (laughs) If you don't learn from the rain that's coming, you're gonna keep on repeating more rainy seasons that have to do with that lesson. Whether it's as a dad, as a mom, as a single man, as a single girl, as a husband, as a wife, and we can we can waller in our pain, we can get bitter, we can get angry. But he said, unless I drink the rain, not my will, but your will be done. There's a harvest on the other side of embracing whatever you're going through. You know, I think about how um, Cindy Lightner, she got a phone call one night from a police officer who said, your 13 year old Carrie, your daughter, Carrie, she's been hit by a drunk driver. And I'm sorry to say this, Cindy, but your daughter was dead on impact. She was instantly killed the way that she was hit. Cindy drops to her knees. She's weeping. My daughter was a virgin. She had never drank, never smoked, never done anything wrong, and she was actually walking to church. She was on her way to church, and so Cindy was mad at God. She was mad at life. She was trying to understand, why is this happening to me? And she was weeping in her daughter's room when all of a sudden she just kept feeling mad, mad, and she wrote down those words, I'm mad but I'm not gonna let this madness turn me bitter. I'm gonna use it for a purpose. And she started to write "Mad Mothers Against Drunk Drivers. She started this small little organization in her baby daughter's room that now today has saved tens of thousands of lives because she turned her pain into a purpose. She turned her mess into a message. There was a family in Texas. They had a son that was born with autism and they were questioning, why did this happen to us? Their friends had kids that didn't have any, any special needs problems, but they had a son with autism. They kept praying, go away. Go. We, we just wish this autism would go away, that he'd be healed, and after a few years he wasn't. And it was getting harder and harder. They had other children, and they were trying to figure out, how are we going to take care of all of our kids? And this one needs a lot of extra special care and attention, and they didn't have the money to pay for to put him in a special needs area, school, and classroom. and And so they started gathering other families in Texas that also had kids with special needs. They decided to turn their pain into a purpose. They formed a small connect group called the Champions Club. And then they launched the Champions Club in Lakewood Church. And now today, hundreds of churches all over the world and all over the United States of America, this church included, Victory Church, has a Champions Club that ministers to families with kids with special needs because the parents of one child Instead of getting bitter and angry, they turn their pain into a purpose. I could keep going story after story. You have a choice. You can run from the adversity or you can choose in the middle of that rain to drink in the rain to make the most of it. To say, Lord, I'm going to let you work in me and work through me. I'm going to let you birth something new and fresh. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop running every time things get tough. I'm going to use this resistance for the purpose you have for my life. I want you to stand to your feet all over this place. God loves you. He's for you. He's with you. He's on your side. It's time to sing in the rain. It's time to make the most of the rain. It's time to embrace what God's trying to do in you. Psalms 126 said that you will sow in tears, but you will reap a harvest of joy. Some of you you're you're sowing right now in the middle of the rain. You're sowing in tears. You're sowing, you're saying, God, I I submit to what you're doing. I don't understand it. I want to quit. I want it to be easier, but I choose to submit to let your kingdom come. Your will be done. I will drink in the rain. I will not get bitter. I will choose to grow through this. I will choose to grow in the middle of this. And I wanna tell you that the rain is not the final scene. I wanna change the rain because what the rain brings is growth in your life. God's getting ready to bring some fresh growth in your life. God's getting ready to bring April showers, bring May flowers. After the flood, God told Noah, this rainbow stands as a sign that what happened in your past is never going to happen again. The storm you've walked through, you finished that storm, you graduated that rain, you got through that thing, and there's a rainbow on the other side. Sure, there might be some rain in the future, but nothing like what you just walked through. Some of you right now, you're walking through your biggest flood and God says, this is, this is it, this is it. You get through this, there's a rainbow on the other side. You get through this, you don't quit. You push through this, you persevere through this. There is a breakthrough, there's a reward on the other side of this trial, on the other side of this test, on the other side of this rain, there's a harvest for you. God's not finished with you yet. Your best days are still in front of you. If I would have known eight years ago in the middle of my pain that there was flowers on the other side of that rain, had to hold on to the promise. Hold on to this picture. If you're in the middle of the rain, God's getting ready to birth something fresh. I was putting together a puzzle with my son Liam a little while ago, and he holds up this small little piece. He said, this isn't part of the puzzle. This piece doesn't make sense. He's very logical. This piece doesn't make sense. It's not part of the puzzle. This goes to another puzzle. I said, no, no, no. That's part of the puzzle. I've seen the picture. I promise you that's part of the puzzle. No, it doesn't make sense. It's a different color. It doesn't make sense. It's not part of the puzzle. I said no no no. i've seen the whole picture i promise you that piece fits sure enough by the end of the the puzzle that was the missing piece that was the piece we needed to complete the puzzle some of you are looking at a piece right now in your life you're saying paul why did i have to go through the divorce paul why did it why did the cancer happen why didn't i get the scholarship why why wasn't i married and all my friends were why didn't we have kids why was our kid born with autism why did this this piece doesn't fit But see, God sees the whole picture. And what you don't see is God's going to use every piece as part of his story for his glory in your life. I'm telling you, this rain has a purpose in your life. There's a reason on the other side of this thing. Jesus, I pray right now, God, that you would give us eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to understand, Lord, that you are good and you work all things out for our good. No matter what it is, Lord, we trust in You, and Lord, we drink in the rain, and Lord, we choose to produce a harvest of joy and peace and trust and perseverance and endurance. Just pray this with me. Say, Jesus, I'm all Yours. Have Your way in me and through me. I believe You died on the cross. You rose from the dead. Be my Lord and Savior. I repent of sin, and I receive your forgiveness. Have your way in my life. I choose to trust you. And use every part for your glory. Use every piece of my life for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I love you, victory.